Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Good afternoon, although that's a bit presumptuous of me because I have no idea what time it is when you're listening to it. But it's uh, early afternoon here, and I'm Paul Carruthers, and this is Off Track, Moto America's weekly podcast which I share my time with my good pal out there in Ohio, Sean Bice. Sean, how are you this afternoon? Hey, I'm doing well, and it's early evening here in Ohio, so good, good early evening to you, Paul, uh, out there in, on the West Coast. We've got, a, uh, we've got one of my favorite guests today. Um, we've had him on a couple of times. He's not my favorite just because of his wife either, which most people would think that's the case, but that's not the case. <laughs> I like him at least a little bit without the wife. But anyways, we're, we're talking about Kyle Wyman. Um, we're going to check in with Kyle. Kyle's had some interesting things go on in his life of late. Um, we'll also chat to him about, uh, you know, all things off season. And uh, he's got to be pumped going forward for this next year, Sean, because, um, you know, it's going to be his second year on the Ducati. This time last year, well, I know for a fact he didn't even have motorcycles. I don't even think he knew exactly what he was doing this time last year, but he certainly knows for uh, – for the 2020 Moto America season. So I'm sure things will slide in a little easier than what he had last year. And he'll be able to build on the, the performances that he had at the end of the year. But why don't we just bring him in and, and have a chat with him now? Uh, good afternoon, Kyle. How are you? Doing good, guys. How are you? Are you in Arizona? I am. Sunny oh, Arizona. Yeah, there's yeah. no way there's no way Kyle would be in Central New York uh, right now, especially with that big storm front that went through. I'm sure your your parents, uh, your your dad and mom have uh, snow at their places, right? For sure. Yeah, no, I know better than that. <laughs> I envy you. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Yeah, there's a re there's a reason he lives in Arizona, and that's not because of the summer. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, Kyle, talk to us a little bit. Um, We've heard you've been under the weather, although that's kind of a ridiculous way to put it because um, you've had a little surgery. Uh, I'd say a little cleanup, but I think from talking to you a little bit, it's a little more than that. But it sounds like uh, everything that everything went really well. Why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit first uh, what happened and then we'll get into, you know, where this all leads back to. Yeah, so right now I am a week out from surgery I had on November 6th which was an artificial disc replacement in my cervical spine. So it sounds like a lot to swallow, which it is. That's it's, a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, all things said, I had a six millimeter herniation of my disc, which was protruding into my spinal cord and causing a whole bunch of issues on the left side left arm, numbness, pain, all sorts of stuff that I've been dealing with for actually quite a long time. But um, yeah, I ended up having a, you know, I, I feel great. So, I mean, obviously I'm here talking about everything's good, but um, but yeah, pretty gnarly surgery. I've been kind of keeping a little bit quiet because I've been just really a little bit nervous and kind of wondering how things were going were gonna to shake out. I was flying all over the country after the season ended, seeing different doctors and specialists and talking to different people just making sure I'm making the right decision about things. And yeah, so I've got a full on artificial disc now in my neck and uh, it's a long time coming. 
and I woke up from surgery with no symptoms. So I mean, wow. you couldn't ask for more where, than that. Yeah. Where, where did you have the work done, Kyle? Uh, up in San Jose. So my, um, my orthopedic surgeon that's where I've been working with for a number of years for spine stuff, you need a neurosurgeon. So he actually referred me to, uh, his name is uh, Dr. Edward Rustamsade, which is a mouthful, but, uh, yeah. yeah, he's, he's, um, he's right up there in San Jose. So that's where I had the work done and he's, yeah, he's top notch. Was it a case of, um, you just had enough with the pain? I mean, it was a, was it a big decision for you to go through with it? Or was it just to the point where like, you know, I can't deal with this anymore. I got to do something. It was definitely um, something that was compounding over time. Um, when it started to really like intrude on my just everyday stuff that I do at home is when I really kind of realized it was a really a big deal because, you know, I mean, I've always had like different stuff I have to ride through on the bike, but I feel like we all do. You know, on any given day, like we're all riding through some sort of issue or pain or something, you know, that we're, we're dealing with. And, you know, for me, it's been definitely some spine stuff over the years, but, you know, I think, um, I mean, towards the end of this season, pretty much like around August, like I couldn't train anymore. I was just kind of in survival mode. So, you know, some, I didn't really talk about too much because you know it's something that i've kind of dealt with and it's kind of uh you know with nerve stuff it's a weird deal you know so just wanted to really take care of it the right way saw a bunch of people like i said and you know feel like i'm on the right path now i kyle i've known for a while or at least i've heard or or witnessed some issues with you with your back i didn't know you had any problems with your neck but are they related and what what's the what's the root cause of the neck is it something you were born with? Did something happen? I mean, what, what caused the issue? Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to rule out that everything's not, a, you know, affected by everything else, you know, when it comes to the spine, but specifically when I was 17, I was racing flat track full time. It was my first year in professional flat track. And I was training at the, uh, at the house in New York. And I had this big high side on the bike on a 450. And the bike landed on the back of my neck and I actually broke C3, 4, 5, T2 and T3. So I broke five vertebrae. Wow. And from then, yeah, I've had neck issues, you know, so I was just kind of, you know, I didn't really have sports doctors or anything. I just, you know, I was like, hey, wear a collar for three months and nothing was displaced. I didn't have, you know, real like nerve issues or anything, but, you know, from then I've obviously I've had all sorts of movement issues and stuff from, from that injury. And as we look at, you know, 12 years now, since that happened, that's played a big part in why I'm here and what I've had to do now for sure. So Kyle, for people that don't know, um, when you talk about C or T or I think there's L so people, I, I'm not a doctor, but I play one sometimes at home. Um, and I know that I know that C stands for cervical, T, T is thoracic. So you broke bones in your cervical area, which is your neck. Did that injury was it just below, essentially just below where your helmet ends? Is that is that where the bike hit you? Yeah. So just yeah, pretty much just below the helmet. Who knows if I 
you know, obviously I would never ride without a helmet, but probably would have had, you know, C1, C2, which there you're talking about brainstem type of stuff, you know? Um, Yeah. So cervical, you know, the third, fourth and fifth vertebrae and the second and third thoracic vertebrae and the herniation that I just had fixed is actually, it was between C6 and C7. So there's actually no coincidence that the herniation is between all of the the bones that I broke because over a decade of compensation and different movements, you're going to, you're going to tax the other areas as you protect areas that have been hurt. So, you know, those become the weak links and man, eventually you run out of vertebrae to, to put all your forces into and something's got to give. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Wow. And a herniation is the fact that the, the, the soft material, the disc is, uh, it kind of pops out a little bit. Is that correct? Yeah. It protrudes out to the back, to the side a little bit, which is where, you know, the spinal cord is in the back of, of the disc. And then, you know, you have all these nerve outlets. So specifically they could tell which disc it was based on its symptoms. You know, I had like middle fourth and fifth finger, you know, full hand numbness, you know, forearm tricep, back of the shoulder, chest. And it's hard to explain what it is. Cause like, you know, you're, you're like, you dig in your chest and stuff, but there's nothing, it's a ghost because the pain is coming from the neck. Wow. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird deal, but like all the, like I said, all those symptoms, cause it's structural. You take the pressure off the nerve, pain goes away. So it's all gone. When, during the, during this time, have you gone to see chiropractors or anything? Did you try other things to figure this out along the way? And obviously you said you have an orthopedic surgeon that you've dealt with on things like the wrist injury that you had, uh, you know, last year there. So, um, did you go through a lot of different steps? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a, a lot of different people, a lot of chiropractors, acupuncture, massage, all sorts of stuff. And even like just trying to do different movements and yoga and things. And it would, you know, when that thing would light up, it was like my armpit was throbbing, you know, it's like, okay, something's wrong here. I can't move a certain way in the morning. The discs are more swelled up because they're, they haven't taken load for the night and they have actual more volume. So like when I move my neck in certain ways in the morning, I would just light up full numb down my whole left arm. And that was one of the things was like, okay, it's getting worse. Something's going on. So, you know, this year has been kind of a, kind of crazy. So like, you know, I really noticed that the numbness and stuff actually like during the red flag at Daytona when I did the 200 this year, because Daytona, you spend so much time in a full tuck with your neck, you know, looking straight up. Yep. I was like really struggling. Yeah. So like that was the first time I was like, man, something's, something's messed up. And then, you know, it kind of progressed throughout the year. And then, you know, when I broke my scaphoid at Laguna, that was like pretty much haven't like trained since then, because as I, as that healed, And then I was trying to compensate for that as well as the spine and everything, like towards the the end of the year, like I said, I was just trying to get through it. So, well, what I don't, I don't want to ask Sean, because I'm not sure what kind of doctor he plays when he's playing doctor there at the house, (laughs) but what's the, what's the recovery like? I mean, have you just, 
is it a take it easy type thing and then work into some going back to your training or, or what is it? Well, you know, structurally it's fixed, but like from a compensation standpoint and how my spine needs to move, I got a lot of work to do. You know, I'm going to be resting for a little while, but like the work is going to start, you know, week three and four on trying to get natural movement back in my neck and like get more mobility in my thoracic spine because because I think another big thing that actually played into this was the end of 2017 when I um, when I had that brake failure at Barber. I broke the T6. So that adds on to the other T2, T3, and like then I lost a bunch of thoracic mobility. So now trying to twist and turn into the corner and look through the corner and stuff, like there's nowhere else for the load to go. So I'm pretty sure like my C6, C7 was just doing all the work, and that's why it just blew out, you know? So like I've got a lot of work to do to to create some more movement in places that have been locked down and protected for a couple of years. And, you know, I should be really, I should be able to reset to like better than I've been in a decade, honestly. Yeah. And not have the pain. So it'd be a lot of stretching and yoga type stuff, probably. Just a lot of uh, like functional movement to get very specific positions and movements back that I'm not just going to undo every time I sit at a desk, right? you know, or, or ride a or ride a super bike, you know, so. Right. Back to what you talked about a few minutes ago with Daytona. Are you going to defend? <laughs> That's in the plan. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's in the plan. You do have two wrists, it's, um, right? It's yeah. Yeah, I got those. <laughs> you have another, you have no, more I mean, space for a watch. Yeah, then I'll maybe I'll wear one. <laughs> so. Um, no, I think we're, yeah, we're going to defend. It's going to get a little tricky this year because um, the barber test is that week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we're, we got the barber test Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going to have to haul ass right to, right to Daytona from there. And, and you figured out this surgery based on probably getting enough recovery time to be able to do the 200, Kyle? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit tight, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, planning for worst case scenario, you know? Right. I think it's going to be at least two, two to three months, maybe 10 to 12 weeks off the bike. So, you know, I've got a, a lot of work to do off the bike, which is, it's probably might, might be maybe the longest I've been off a motorcycle, but I'm going to be able to train and just try to reset and rebuild. And it's, you know, based on the people I'm working with and the plan that we're putting together, I'm going to be able to, to propel myself to another level further than I've ever been. Because really, I've just been, I've been burning it at both ends for a long time, you know. So things have really come to the surface in a way that's not ideal, but it could be worse. And now I've got a little bit of a robotic spine to help me uh you know just get this figured out just the quality of life without having the pain is going to be a, i mean that you probably don't even realize yet how how huge that will be with everything it is it is huge i mean i've still got like i'm actually a little bit hoarse because the way the surgery is they go in the front of your neck it's Whoa. actually closer and 
yeah, it's closer and safer to go from the front and they push your throat and all the muscles aside. So like I, today's one, it's good timing because today is like the first time I've been able to speak for like more than five minutes. So it's so, right near, it's right near your larynx where they, they go in through. Yeah. So I got like a, a two inch incision, just like above my right collarbone, just off to the right a little bit. Wow. And, um, they actually have to like cut the scalene muscle so that the muscles stitch together as well as the skin. So there's quite a bit of recovery that I'm going to have to do with that uh, stuff. With, with all the injuries that you had, you've neck thoracic. So pretty much up and down your neck, pretty high up. I mean, thank God you didn't have any issues with your spinal cord. Obviously this pressing of things was causing problems, nerve, nerve issues. Did you have, did you have any stenosis? I'm going to play a doctor again. Did you have any stenosis? Yeah. That's a, that's a narrowing of, that's a narrowing of the the opening where the st spinal cord goes through. I know Kyle probably knows that. Did you have any of that issue, Kyle? That's that was part of what this herniation was doing. But in the actual spinal cord, I mean, we we're only talking like one or two millimeters towards the back, so it was pretty minor. But it was more the laterally where it was pushing out six millimeters towards the nerve root. And the official term is radiculopathy, where the nerve root is compressed. So there's actually, there's no C8 cervical vertebrae, but it, there's a C8 nerve. And that was pretty much the, the culprit of all the pain and numbness. Wow. Okay, and here's a, a key question that I have for you. This is important for me to understand. What you said you have an artificial uh disc. What did they what do they make that out of? What is it? Yeah, so what this is basically everybody's heard of fusion, right? So yes. people get their back fused or whatever. That's this is the 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 replacement for fusion. So none of my vertebrae are fused together or screwed together. They take the disc out completely. They just they just dig it out literally wow and this this disc goes in it's called a moby c and it's like two titanium plates with you know a little bit of like a ball joint setup with a you know like a plastic you know kind of like a polyurethane like puck that allows the neck to move naturally so it's like a ball joint. I can twist, I can turn, I can go any direction without really any restriction. So, and based on the problems I was having, I'm going to have way more range of motion than I did before. So it's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy, actually. Well, it's great that you didn't have to have the fusion, but you're part of it. You're kind of a Terminator now a little bit. So that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. It's also good that so. it's winter because you can wear turtlenecks. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, I want, I'm like ready to ask Alpine Stars for like every like high neck zip up they have, right. so I can cover up this nasty scar. How many stitches did you have? Do you know? I don't know. They got it all Cut. glued up and stuff. It's pretty big though, huh? Bigger than bigger than. It's not like laparoscopic yeah, where yeah. You know, inch and a half, two inches or so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I sound like Nasty. you're playing doctor again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so in, in the opening of the show, I talked about the fact that um, obviously the second year with having the Ducati, 
getting the bikes really late last year. I mean, other than the fact that you're, you know, you've got some recovery to do, um, you have to be feeling pretty good about starting with some momentum instead of starting from scratch again, as far as the superbike team goes. Yeah. I mean, I feel great about it where we ended up. We, uh, finally got that top five towards the end, almost had fourth in that last race. And, um, man, such a long road in such little time from where we came from. Um, really just pumped at where it really ended up. I mean, we, I feel like we really have something competitive. I feel like we, you know, towards, towards like, uh, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, we, I feel like we really surpass anything I've had on the, on the R1 as far as a, you know, a platform and with a new bike in year one and, you know, having reliability and things come around where I could really just focus on riding the thing to the best of my ability was like, man, it's something I've been chasing for a long time. So I feel really good about this winter and having a lot of time to, to develop the bike into what we, we know it can be getting new parts and things from Ducati Corsa. Like I'm really excited. We've got some big plans. You're keeping the existing team intact pretty much the way that it was, right? As far as personnel, um, we've got a little bit of a change. Um, Can't really announce who's working with us, but my main guy, Darren Marshall, is going to be taking a full leadership role with everything. Um, He's he's been a huge, huge deal for me this year. Like maybe the first guy who's been able to like truly like take some of that weight off my shoulders of, of running the team and like managing and like leading from a personnel standpoint. Like I really need somebody who can like, who I can kind of lean on and he's really been that guy. So I really, uh, I'm really excited. Really Darren, Darren's been in the paddock for a long time. And for people that don't know, um, one of the greatest things I, I like about him is not only is he Canadian, but in Kyle, you can tell me he's either from Nova Scotia or Newfoundland, but he's from up in the, that area, right? The Maritimes. Yeah. He's from Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia, oh, which is <laughs> an hour East of East coast time. Wow. Yeah. He's a so total Canadian. It's so good. It's so cool. He's yeah, been around for a long. while though. Worked with a lot of good guys. Yeah. Very long time. Yeah. For sure. So, so yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I mean, we're, we're just uh, reinvesting in the motorcycle and it's like, I'm, I have a winter to make like real proper fuel tanks that are like easy to work on and work and everything. And I'm really excited about that, you know, so we're not all banging our heads against the trailer wall, <laughs> you know, with like six days in between each round trying to, you know, and just dealing with what we have. So, you know, reinvesting in that stuff. We're going to get, you know, updated parts. We're going to get the new swing arm that, you know, they're running currently in world Superbike. We're going to, we're going to really get this thing proper. And, um, and I've got a new trailer for next oh, year. Oh, wow. I'm upgrading. That's yeah, awesome. So we're going to, we're going to have a little bit bigger footprint in the, uh, in the paddock. I'm going to have a little bit more space than my, you know, 50 square foot apartment in the front of my trailer. I've been, living in so yeah we're gonna have a little bit bigger presence and and a bigger tent and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to that as well yeah that's gonna be that'll help a lot is it is it a fifth wheel or is it a 18 wheeler are you what are you doing with it you got a tractor it's um it's kind of uh 
kind of in between. So I'm actually, uh, I've ordered a motoring up a Ford F450. I figured if, if Ford is going to help our series, I'm going to give them my business. Good boy. Good man. Good boy. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and this thing is a 53 foot, 13 foot tall. It's, if you look, if you don't look twice, you think it's a semi, but it's, uh, it's quite a bit lighter and it's got living quarters and I can still tow it with a, the 2020 dually because that thing can tow 35,000 pounds, these new trucks. So, wow. yeah, I'm going to have, uh, yeah, Lucas Oil is helping us get a brand new, you know, big awning and everything. And yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> you know, a little bit nervous about, you know, spending the money on a trailer and stuff, but it's uh it's a good good deal and and something that's overdue. This this trailer I've been in is is awesome, but man, it's it's got some miles on it. It looks pretty rough. So <laughs> we're uh yeah, we're looking forward to having some extra space and stuff like that. You, you mentioned your fuel tank and, you know, that was an interesting thing that you did this year where you had a fuel tank that had that sump down below, which provided an area for you to put your competition number 33 on each side. Are you going to still have that kind of a setup this year? Um, it's, it's probably not going to actually stick down as far. I don't know if I'm going to be able to put the number there. Um, I'm going to be rallying with uh, James to see if I can put it up on the tank like some of the world super bikes. We'll see. I'll find somewhere to put it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing that I don't know if uh, people that ha that go to the, our races and have seen your bike close up have, have probably understood this, but for people that have only seen, you know, the races on TV or whatever, they may, may not know. One of the interesting things about the livery on your bike is there isn't, I don't think there's any paint or there's very little. It's mostly done with a wrap. Are you going to do that same kind of a uh, wrap type thing for this year? Yeah, I, I probably, I think, um, yeah, it was a hundred percent vinyl this year. Um, Amazing. all done by Excelsis motorsport graphics. They printed off like, you know, some of this stuff was patterned, but most of it was all, I did it myself, cut it by hand. Like just, I just kind of winged it. I, I created it on my computer and I was like, okay, that looks like it should work. And then of course there's all sorts of challenges when you try to like actually put it on the motorcycle, but, uh, I thought the bike looked pretty good. And, I think what I, yeah, what I'd like to do is at least just paint, paint the bodywork black. So I'm not putting all this black vinyl base down. Right. I'm just doing the red and stuff. And I've got some ideas on how I'd like to switch it up for next year, but I'm still going to be doing those single event title sponsorships where the logos switch. So you can bet there's going to be probably a, a pretty significant area of black so I can put a different logos on pretty easily. From race to race. Remind me again, when did you guys actually take delivery of the bike last year? We got them March 1st. <laughs> it's crazy. Which is just crazy. unreal. Yeah, it's it this unreal. is gonna be this is gonna be night and day for you as far as what you're gonna have time to do. And yeah, it's crazy. Um yeah. that's it's still even more impressive that you're able to do what you did considering how late you got the thing and also um, the fact that you really have the only one, so there's nothing. Well, and the, the man, as soon as the bike started getting good, I, I got taken out of Laguna and broke my wrist, right. you know, and missed both races there. So it was like, man, there was, there was some dark times in between Laguna and Sonoma where I was like, man, I, I can't believe that we've already, we've come all this way 
with this bike and now I'm not going to be able to get the job done because I'm hurt. I just thought there's no way I'm going to be able to recover this thing, but it turned out, turned out. Okay. The wrist is still not a hundred percent. I was going to ask you, know, you how it was doing. I mean, yeah. I, I went just wrenched on it immediately, you know, so it definitely prolonged the, the uh, recovery, but it's just a wrist and <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll figure well, it out. Well, the fact that we'll you, the, fact that you're going to be inactive because of the neck i mean it's probably going to help a lot of things including a wrist yeah a lot of things and you know like i've been talking about with all these doctors i mean when it comes to the spine you're affecting so much more than you know just your the way your body moves and your strength and things like it affects your emotions it affects you know your whole nervous system you know so i think that with some of the things that I've been dealing with, there's, there's definitely a path to some, some really, I mean, quality of life, like you said, not just physically, but, you know, just taking a little bit of that weight off my shoulders. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's more than just, more than just, you know, physical pain. It's uh, everything that goes along with it, with all the stress and all the, you know, the pressure that comes with trying to do this the way I've done it this year. You know, so yeah, I'm surprised you're not really grumpy. <laughs> well, maybe I just put on a pretty good face. Hannah's got to deal with my. Yeah, grumpiness. I was gonna say I don't know what happens in there when that door gets closed, but at least, uh, at least out, <laughs> at least out with us, you uh, you maintain things pretty well because, yeah, I can see where it would be stressful on on so many fronts. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, whenever I'm pretty quiet, like whenever you don't like see me on social media or see me like you know kind of like oh, what's kyle doing mm -hmm. <laughs> usually when i'm like kind of like just really just grinding it out or going through something like the past few months just or past few weeks really month and a half or so of just like going to see doctors and trying to like figure out you know usually i'm kind of updating people on what i'm doing day to day but you know i've i've held this for a few weeks kind of close to my chest because I just, uh, you know, I want to make sure I really was doing the right thing and not jumping in and not getting all these different voices, just listening to the, to the doctors and the experts and, you know, just picking the right path. I feel like we're on the path. Is, is there any post-operative physical therapy that you have to go through with your neck or anything regarding the surgery? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to be working with a guy out of Minneapolis. Um, it seems like a weird place to go, but yeah. especially during the winter, but, um, this guy, uh, um, I won't share his name, but he's, he works with a lot of really, really high level athletes and he really, really understands like the movement and the G forces and the things that I have to be ready for. Like, you know, the surgeon, great surgeon, but like his job's done. Right. You no, know, he's he's done his job. Now it's up to me and and to put in the work because really, yeah, I'm mostly symptom free right now, but like where I'm going to reap the most benefit is really what I is, is still ahead of me that I still have to go through. That's nuts. Yeah. A lot to that. But man, with that tucking, what you guys have to do to try to crawl under the, the paint or in your case, the wrap on your bike in order to get behind that bubble, that's that's uh, just 
doing that without any neck injury is certainly uh, hard hard to do as it is. So, boy, it'll be good good to be able to do that for you. Um, well, and I, w- I want to do Daytona because I feel like if I can get through Daytona again, I can, I can do the rest of it. That's what I was just yeah, going to say. As far as, the, as far as the neck goes. Yeah, you're you going to jump right in the yeah. deep end of the pool and you'll find out if you can swim or not, I guess. Seriously, yeah. Um, I have a question for you, Kyle. This is something I've been wanting to ask you for a while. And when we thought about having you on and talk to you about it, you know, it's, I'm like, Oh, I can finally ask him this. So, uh, you know, all the super bikes are, are obviously really good at what they do. They're pretty well-rounded with what they can do, but you can really speak to this since you spent so much time on an R1. And, you know, from, from what I understand about these bikes, uh, for example, Jake told us that that BMW just has a lot of top end and horsepower. Um, I'm sure Travis, your brother, has told you that with Stock 1000 or you've witnessed it yourself. Um, you know, it seems like the Suzuki jumps off the corner real well. Yamahas are sort of known for handling um, pretty well. And and I assume with your bike, you got some speed. What it, it does a lot of things well, but what would you say is that your Ducati's best feature? What does it do better or have an advantage over some of the other bikes? I would say, um, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, when that thing was really good, like, I would say that it just, like, it doesn't have any glaring weakness. Like, it's just very well-rounded, at least, you know, in the configuration that we've created out of it. Like, yeah, the thing's fast. It's going to be faster next year because we're going to, we're going to get a little bit higher spec engines from Ducati Corsa and Barney team. Like, that's, what you see on World Superbike, like that's what we want. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's the, the thing to be just kind of silly, you know, um, because it's it's there. I just, you know, we've got to we've got to get that spec. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, damn, I mean, it's, it definitely, um, you know, it comes off the corner good. I think, I think the the rest of the guys can attest for that. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't have any really glaring weaknesses. It's like it's it changes direction really well. Um, you know, in the first part of the season, I was dealing with a lot of chatter, which was just debilitating at times, especially because the World Superbike guys don't deal with it. They never have. So, you know, for us, it was kind of a kind of a different deal. But, you know, we've we've got a really, really uh, well-rounded package, I think. Um, you know, with some of the physical stuff I was battling, I think, you know, like had some lulls in the middle of the races at Barber that, uh, you know, riders will never admit this, but, you know, I was a limiter at times. I'd be able to come strong towards the end of the races, but, you know, if I can eliminate that variable, which I, I'm on the on my way to doing, you know, that's, I mean, I, I feel like we have the ability to come out swinging right away and fight for the podium, maybe fight for some wins. I mean, I really believe in this package. I really think that we have a path to that and I'm not going to stop until I get there. So every year we get a little bit closer. All right, Sean, you got anything else for this guy? We're going to let him go. Well, the only thing I, I want to say, and I think everybody, all, all fans of Kyle Wyman and fans of Hannah Lopa, um, Hannah Wyman, well, Lopa will say since she is out on TV, but we are the best thing about this surgery, Kyle, is we all are so happy that you're going to be able to do a better job spooning from now on. So, um, so congratulations on that. Okay. Thank you for that, John. 
<laughs> wow. Hey, Kyle, you don't have to say anything. You just let it go. Leave, leave him <laughs> speechless. Yeah. Leave him speechless. <laughs> totally speechless. All right, guys. Well, um, Kyle, I'm glad you you made it through what obviously uh, couldn't have been an easy deal, and and you sound good, and I think you're plenty of optimism there, which you always seem to have. Um, you'll dig it up from somewhere, so it's it's good for you to uh, to kind of get a fresh start. As we talked about, it's gonna be nice having the bike for an extended period of time instead of getting it at the last minute. And you've got something to build on because, like you said, at the end of the year, things started to come around. So um, I think you can look forward to a good year next year. Yeah. And uh, and we're glad you got this taken care of because um, the bottom line is just there's nothing like getting rid of that pain. So good good on you. Yep. So, Sean, yeah. I will, uh, I'll talk to you shortly. And uh, you guys have a safe rest of your week. And, uh, yeah, we'll get together again soon. And, and good luck with that rehab. All right. Thanks. Thanks guys. for being on with us, Kyle. We appreciate it. Good to see you. Uh, talk with you again, Paul. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you.